Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Actually, let's do this. Why don't you just go to Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 8, and we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. And I'm kind of motoring along here, but we got a lot in the service, and I want to get some word in you in the next 30 minutes here so that we can... uh, keep you on, on task with your own life and applying the word. How many realize this, that the application of the word is what's going to bless you? James said this, he said, if you're not a doer, you're not going to be blessed. But if you're a doer, you'll be blessed. Amen? You have to put it into practice in your life. Um, I love all the offices uh, in the body of Christ. You say, what are the offices? Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and helps. There's offices all the way through. I know Mike did a teaching on that. It was powerful uh, in our leadership uh, morning Bible study. But, but I love all the offices, but primarily I'm a pastor. I may be able to function in the gifts of the Spirit, but primarily I'm a pastor. And do you know what a pastor's like? Have you ever thought about this? A pastor is a lot like an ox on a grinding wheel. Yeah. You know, the Scripture talks about ministers, and specifically pastors, don't muzzle the ox. Okay. Don't muzzle the ox. What does that mean? Well, if, if a farmer or uh, uh, yeah, wants to keep his ox motivated, he won't put a muzzle on that ox while he's grinding out the grain so the ox can go down and eat every once in a while. Now, a stingy farmer will put a muzzle on an ox and starve the ox while it's grinding. Does that make sense? So the Lord says, don't muzzle the ox. What does that mean? That means... What I'm trying to essentially say is this. It may feel like when you go to church that you're going round and round and round the circle. But you are. It's not an illusion or a figment of your imagination. People say, well, I've heard that verse before. And by disdaining or doing that, I know you don't know it. If I hear... You know, I, I, was, uh, I went to Bible school, at, Bible school at Rhema, Kenneth Hagin. You know how many times I heard Mark 11, 23, and 24? Oh, my goodness. He probably got bored teaching that verse. I mean, after a while. He taught it everywhere he went. And we would hear, and I, I'm telling you right now, he would tell the exact same stories in the exact same way. At least I'm a little entertaining. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. I mean, he would stand in one spot and not move and just teach. And not teach with a lot of inflection. Just teach. But the power of God was present always. We saw miraculous things. My point in that is this, is that you can see, you, you, sometimes we, we go, oh, I read that verse before. You, you don't know the depth that is in that verse that you read before, if it's just like mental assent to you. You need to open your heart up to that verse, begin to walk in that verse, begin to apply that verse, begin to speak that verse over your life, begin to walk it out and apply it in your daily life, and then you'll see victories over the enemy in your life. And specifically, what we're talking about here is dominating the nature of our flesh, which is a very unpopular thing today. I mean, I'm going to get into a couple of things here, and you're going to go, don't you, it's politically incorrect to talk about that. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about it because I'm not a politician. (laughs) 
reformers, right? Yeah, I mean, you can say, it doesn't matter how nicely you say things. You know, that was the thing before. You couldn't say it. You had to say it nicer. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how nicely you say something. Some people reject God, and if you love God, they hate you because they hate God. And that's okay. Do you know that's biblical? I was talking to my brother last night uh, for a little bit, and he said he's in Texas, and uh, he, is a, he is a veteran of the war overseas. He did two and a half tours. He took, he took uh, shrapnel for all of us and uh, served, honorably discharged, all of that stuff. And uh, he said, I haven't been watching it much, Sean, but you know, it is biblical because he said Jesus came to bring a sword. You know, sometimes people think if Jesus was in full manifestation in the church that everything would be hunky-dory. Actually, the opposite is bound to happen. <laughs> All right? So we are being strengthened not only to understand that, but then to walk in that. And if we're going to live in total victory, or in, I should say, complete victory, if we're going to walk in a daily victory, we have to be able to control the nature of our flesh. It's vital that we do. And so some of that is difficult because it deals with you. Somebody say it deals with me. And again, I want to say this just like I did last week. You know, sometimes people bring their shovel to church and they'll go, oh, that's nice. That's a good word. And that's for so-and-so. And they'll take a scoop of it and throw it behind them. But that's not the case. Everybody put their shovel away. This is for you. Somebody say this with me. The brother hanging at us do this all the time. It's so good, though. It's just basic, but it's so good. Say this with me. Say, the word of God, word of God. Is, God is God speaking to me. Speaking to me. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 3 says this, Among whom also we once all conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. What we saw last week where we left off was, we saw that the enemy tempts the desires of our flesh through our mind. And we see this tied together right here. And I actually want to get down into the Amplified on this. But what this verse tells me is that the enemy tempts our minds with thoughts that correlate to the desires of the flesh. Now, just in case you think, well, I got my flesh under pretty good control, I'm going to find the spot that the enemy tempts you in. I will. I'm not saying you yield to it. I'm telling you I'm going to find the spot. And I may even find spots you go, oh, I didn't even know that was there. Okay? The amplified translation of this verse 3 says this, among these we as well as uh, you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our conduct and sensual nature. Obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind. Notice that there's impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the what? The mind. The scripture says what? To be carnally minded is it's death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. What you need to understand is, and we talked about this before, that you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. When you were born again, your spirit, how many have been born again? You've been born again. You, you are 100 wall-to-wall, 100% Holy Ghost in your spirit right now. You've been born, you've been sealed with the promise of heaven. The Holy Spirit came and you have a new renter inside of you. But how many notice your brain was still the same? 
I really want to talk to the Lord about that, I think, when I get to heaven. You know, Lord, you could have gave us a new brain, too. You know, you could have just cleaned it all up. But this is where we get to engage the fight of faith. So we get to change the way we think to line up with who we are in Christ so that we can dominate this earth suit. We talked about last week and we said this, the glove that a glove doesn't receive life until your hand goes in it. People say, well, I know so-and-so, and they passed away, and they're over in a grave somewhere. No, they ain't there. They went up or they went down. I said, they went up or they went down. But they're not in that body. You are a spirit. You possess a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live inside this body, and you look out these windows called eyeballs. These are the windows to your house. Amen? And so what we see here is that our flesh has this not-so-good nature still. And Paul points this out, and what we see in this verse is, is that the enemy brings thoughts to us that correlate with our natural thinking. I, I, I should say it this way, our natural desires. So if you have a thought in your mind to uh, blow up in anger at somebody who does something you don't like, and your flesh goes, yeah, that's a good idea. You've experienced Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. Amen. That's what's taking place. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16, and we'll, this is where we're going to be for just a little bit, probably the next two Sundays. So keep in mind, you're a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Keep in mind, the desires of your body are contrary to the desires of your spirit. We're going to see that right here. Also keep in mind, the enemy brings you thoughts that coincide with the desires of your flesh. The enemy brings you thoughts that coincide with the desires of your flesh. Okay? So let's, let's look at this. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16 says this. I say then, walk in the spirit. Where are we to walk? And you shall not fulfill the what? Lust of the flesh. Does that look like two separate desires there? So you have spirit and you have what mentioned? Flesh. Listen to, the, listen to this in the Amplified. I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. You know, sometimes people think, oh, no, I don't have any sinful desire in my flesh. Oh, yeah, you do. I'd like to run a test on you. People say, oh, no, I'm, I've gotten so far over into the Spirit, nothing bothers me at all. And you'd like to run a test with people. Set up a chair, have them sit there, and just slap them across the face as hard as you can. And t say, tell me how your flesh feels right now. Now, you may be able to control your flesh 
if somebody did that. You may be able to keep your flesh from responding. You may put on the Lord Jesus Christ and quote the scripture and say, here's the other cheek. But your flesh, my flesh, wants to swing back when it's been swung on. Amen. Even if you're a docile person, even if you're a nice, you know, you're known as the gentle, nice person, you have, we all have the same flesh and it has desires. And those desires are opposite of the Holy Spirit desires. Amen? And we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? That's possessing your vessel. Now, I'll just say this because I, I want to, the Holy Spirit's going to give me things that are going to hit you in the nerves. Okay? It's, it's called prophetic preaching. I don't know how it works. I just know it works and it happens. I'll have people come up to me afterwards. You know, it's like, have you been reading my mail? You know, like I'm sitting at the mailbox reading mail or something. You know, did you get into my Facebook? Have you been following me on Facebook? Do you know what I posted? Probably not. But the Holy Spirit does. And so it'll just come out of me. And I apologize in advance, kind of. (laughs) And people say, well, I'm not fighting with anybody around me. Yeah, but are you, are you allowing the flesh to be vocalized when you're watching the news? I told you I'd, it would work. <laughs> or are you declaring the word of the Lord? Do you have a, a stronger handle on the Delta variant than you do Psalms 91? Because your flesh and my flesh is the same. It wants to preserve itself. And it will try to do it through its own means. But we have to to grab a hold of that and go, I'm going to live from the Holy Spirit. Come on. How did we go from a church? I mean, even, even the Catholic church... I mean, they send people into leper colonies, and now they're trying to segregate everybody and, you know, trying to... The church is afraid to go do anything. How did we get there? How did that turn around? It's because our thinking's not in line with our spirit. So we need to walk habitually in the spirit. How many know that looks different than what the world looks like and what natural thinking looks like? And oftentimes, not always, but sometimes it can look different than what the experts tell you. We're to walk in the spirit. And we saw this phrase before in 1 Thessalonians 4.1. I'm not going to go look at it. But what it means is we're to regulate and conduct ourselves in line with the Spirit of God. So that means if we're being conducted and regulated by the Holy Spirit, it means that our lives are going to look a lot like Jesus' life when he was here on earth. Amen? How many realize this, that Jesus never said one thing outside of the will of God? And he never did one thing outside of the will of God. And that's the standard for us. People say, well, I'm not there yet. Yes, we continually have that opportunity to raise our life to the level that we've already been birthed into. Amen? So we're to, the idea here in walking in the Spirit is to keep on walking in the Spirit. Another translation of this portion of the Scripture states, you will not gratify the cravings of your earthly nature. When you walk in the Spirit, you won't gratify, you won't give the gratification of the desire of your flesh. You'll keep it under control. You'll put that to death in your life. When we are walking in the Spirit, we have understanding and ability to dominate the nature of our flesh. We need to stop wishing our flesh issues would go away. We need to stop making excuses for them. 
Instead, we need to submit to this instruction from the Word of God and step out into faith in the grace that has been provided and dominate or possess or master our own vessels. So in other words, some of us are going to have to change our language. Well, my daddy was that way and his daddy was that way, and I'm pretty sure his daddy was that way. Come on. And realize that I'm no longer genetically predisposed in the spirit to my lineage naturally. I now am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And my daddy and my big brother are nothing like the nature of my flesh. So I'm going to possess this flesh and dominate through the spirit of God the nature of the flesh, and bring it into slavery. Amen? So he goes on to say in verse 17, for the flesh lusts or desires against the spirit, and the spirit desires against or is opposite to the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that the flesh cannot do the things that it desires or wishes. Do you see the separation between the flesh and the spirit there? You see, there's a clear distinction here. Now, the flesh can get religious too. Specifically, Galatians deals with legalism. But I noticed in the middle of this, and we'll see when Paul goes into the, to, to the, the description of what the flesh is like, there's a, re, there's a religious side to the flesh as well as just a flat, what we would call carnal, out of control, uh, uh, disoriented, not a good part of the flesh. You know, you, you look at people and you sometimes, you, have you ever looked at a situation or somebody and thought, how did they get like that? It's a combination of the temptation of the enemy and the desires of the flesh. Always. And don't ever think to yourself, God did that to them. No, he didn't. God forever gives opportunity to change the situation. Amen? Amen. All right, so there are two desires that are taking place within us, and we need to learn to dominate those through the, dominate the spirit of the, uh, or the nature of the flesh through the spirit of God that is within us. So understanding the nature of the flesh, what it does is it gives us knowledge or it renews our mind to understanding our flesh and our spirit. This in, turns allows, this in turn allows us to recognize your spirit and your flesh, which in turn gives you the opportunity to exercise your will in the direction of one of the desires you sense. So when somebody says something, to, when your spouse says something to you that is your quote-unquote trigger word, and, and, and she or he says something one way or the other, something's going to rise up in your flesh and in your spirit in that moment. And when you know the nature of your flesh and you know the nature of your spirit, you can then filter out and delineate which is which, and in your mind, in your will, you can go, no, devil, I'm not following that thought, that thought. No flesh, I'm not following that thought. I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. And a kind word does what to wrath? Turns it away, right? You can choose which one you're going to follow in. Now, I'm not saying you don't speak truth. See, this is our culture. You can't say that. Even if you say truth nice, they're mad at you. That's, I'm not saying get, you get away from truth. No, 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 you stay with truth. You just speak it in love. You're led in what you say, amen? Because your spirit man has a different desire than your flesh does. 
So verse 17 talks about uh, those two different desires. So you, it, would do, it would do you good to just kind of look over that and see. But remember this, verse 18 says, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Somebody say, thank God we're not under law. Verse 19, let's get into a few of these. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. Now this is just the beginning, so buckle up. Adultery. The word, whenever this word is used in the Bible, it usually refers to illicit sexual activity by a married individual with someone other than his or her spouse. And I'm not going to give you all the scriptures, but I have a lot of them. If you want them, you can email me and I'll send them over to you. Adultery is unlawful sexual relations between men and women, single or married. That's what adultery is. Now that's a that's a that's like a cuss or that's like a uh, a bad word I should say in the secular world. I mean they think in our well we'll get into it. okay so the second one is fornication fornication this would include sexual activity that is between two unmarried people in Strong's uh, which is a Greek uh, definition it also refers to incest. I know, it's not going to get any better. Just hang on. It also can refer to homosexuality. Um, it can refer uh, in the Bible. It, it, it's also tied with adultery. The words are pretty much the same. But it does refer to incest. We see that. It refers to uh, idolatry and adultery in honor of idol gods. It refers to spiritual harlotry. How many have ever heard of that before? Do you know physical harlotry started in the spirit? Okay. It refers to male prostitution. We talked about Sodom and Gomorrah, homosexuality there. And homo how many realize homosexuality is bigger than just that? Okay. Not just, it's not just men. There's homosexual women. Homo means same. How many realize that? Okay. So it's same sex is what it means. So they're engaging in sexual activity with the same sex. That's sin. And that's a deed of the flesh. You know, when people say, people say, well, I can't help it. I'm just this way. You're right in a sense. You are. It's the nature of the flesh. What people don't realize sometimes, and even the church, and this is where grace and mercy has to come in for us, we need to realize where people are thinking at and what's in their mind. Do you know that, I will just say this, you know, we, we categorize sin in the church. So we think, well, you know, I was a, I was a, uh, uh, an adulterer at one time, but I'm not anymore. At least I'm not a homosexual. It's the same sin. It's uncontrolled flesh. And people say, well, does God reject them if they have sin in their life? That's not the issue. God accepted them before they ever sinned. You say, are you sure? I'm pretty sure Jesus died a while ago. And the scripture says he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So before, now listen to me, before I was ever addicted to pornography, Jesus put in, God put in Jesus and in the act of what he did, my deliverance, so I'm free today. Glory to God. I'm free. Why? I mean, I've been free for years. And it's, I don't even, I'll just tell you this. If you're struggling in an area, if you get with God, it'll be like it was a bad dream that happened to somebody else. You'll be so far free, you'll go, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even think that. My mind doesn't even go that way. 
And you say, what's that a testament to? Oh, you're strong-willed. You're strong-willed, Sean. You, you're a type A. You're a... It must be just because you willed it. No, no. None of that. I willed to have him will his will in me and his power and his word carved out the enemy's work in my life, uprooted what the devil had rooted in me because I continually fellowshiped with him. Amen? There's, there's always, you know, the Lord will never reject you if you come to him in faith. People say, yeah, but you just read earlier that God's going to put these certain people in hell. He's making permanent what they chose. If you choose to follow the Lord, he will make permanent what you choose. Amen. Just choose to follow him. Amen. Don't quit. Don't run away. Don't get scared. Don't get nervous. I'm not, I'm not going to ask who has dealt with homosexuality in here. We're not going to have an altar call on sexual issues. You don't have to worry about that. What I am saying is, is if the church doesn't say something, and we need to quit being scared about it and hiding in little corners about these things. I don't know if you've noticed, but the devil is pretty brass and open about what he thinks. And people need to be able to hear the truth with an anointing that comes, that settles on them, where they can have hope rise within them. I don't have to be bound by these things. I don't have to be addicted to these things. I don't have to stay the way I was because I've been made brand new in Christ. And that comes through the renewal of our mind through the word of God. God, God is not going to force you to do it. You have to fellowship with him. But don't allow the enemy to get you over into the flesh and you're, you've yielded to something that you shouldn't have. And you know it's wrong. You know, you know where you're at. I've done that before. Your own heart is bothering you about it. But that's not the Holy Spirit saying, I don't love you anymore. Don't come see me. The Holy Spirit is saying, Come. Come. He's saying, I never leave you. I never forsake you. I'll never turn my back on you. You ought to be happy about that. Because your issue may not be one of these issues, but you have something you're dealing with. I don't want to quit before I get past this. Uncleanness. Uncleanness is a deed of the flesh. This word deals with the thought meditation of, or the meditation leading to the physical to the physical sex act rather than the act itself. No sin, especially sexual sin, ever begins from, from outside. Rather, it begins in the mind of the person who commits it. How many of you have ever noticed that all sins start with a thought? Uncleanness deals with evil sexual thoughts and desires. In, res, uh, in this respect, it could be translated as lust. So you're allowing your flesh to sit in your... I'm not talking like you have a thought come to your mind and then you get it out. I'm saying you meditate, you think this is your identity. That's what this is talking about. Uncleanness in the Greek is the opposite of purity. It includes sodomy, homosexuality, lesbianism, pedophilia... And bestiality. These are all scriptures. I give you the scriptures for them. And people say, oh, no. Have you noticed the culture? How much the culture has turned toward making animals like humans? Pay attention. People say, oh, no. We're so advanced. We would never do that. <laughs> you say, why are you laughing? Because when I was in high school, it wasn't cool to be a transgender. 
And that was just, I mean, 1996, I graduated from high school. Barely. But I did it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I graduated with a 2.47 GPA, and the Lord said, we want him. <laughs> that guy's a genius, man. <laughs> we can use him. All right. <laughs> you needed to laugh because this gets ugly. And now our culture has shifted to what? Right? All the way the other way. To where parents, some parents are not assigning a gender to their child. Oh, don't talk about that. Reformation must come. Because, see, here's the thing. What people don't realize is this. If you as the church think you're walking in love, when Jesus said walking in love by just ignoring things and not speaking up and speaking truth and love, Jesus said if you cause one of these little ones to sin, it would be better for you to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and you thrown into the sea. That was Jesus being seeker-sensitive. He was like, you know, preaching to the crowd. We got a good crowd here today. Let's talk about how a millstone could be wrapped around their neck and they could be thrown into the sea. It'll really engage the people. They'll want to come back. <laughs> in other words, there's a time to speak truth in love. Amen? So with our children, even with child dedication today, you got to realize it's a big deal. I don't know about you, but I'm tra I'm, I've trained and I'm training my kids up in the way that they should go. And that is not all cotton candy and fun and, and, and going out and just, my, I, my kid's going to have the most fun childhood in all the world. They'll have some fun, but it's a lot of discipline. You know the scripture says train up a child? Do you know that word train is a military term? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd spank my kid. I spank mine, all of them. I mean, not anymore. They're all kind of big now. <laughs> but I whooped them. You say, whoop them, what do you mean? That doesn't mean I took, beat the snot out of them. But how many know there's a padded area in this area, in case you're wondering, that it's designed biblically to absorb, <laughs> even has a little bit of spring back on it. You know, you can... <laughs> All right. The scripture actually says, if you don't discipline your child, you hate them. That's what it says. You actually, you help them go to hell is what Proverbs talks about. Somebody say, I won't do that. <laughs> okay. Lewdness and lasciviousness. Lewdness or lasciviousness is licentiousness, it's lustful thoughts, it's unchastity and lewdness, it's translated lasciviousness, it's wantonness. Promoting or partaking of that, of that which tends to produce lewd emotions. Anything tending to foster sex, sin, and lust. That is why many worldly pleasures have to be avoided by Christians. So that lasciviousness may not be committed. you got to watch out. Because it's the nature of your flesh to want to go that direction. Amen? So verse 20, and we'll stop here. Idolatry, sorcery. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies. So I'll just do, I'll just do three of these and then we'll stop. 
Idolatry in the day in which these verses were written, idolatry referred to the worship of graven images. Today it includes giving preeminence to anything other than God. It could be money, power, position, fame, glory, even a business, a club, or an amusement such as a hobby, a sport, or a pastime. None of these things are evil in themselves, but they become evil when a person elevates that thing to a higher position than God. In that sense, we must constantly be on our guard against spiritual idolatry. We just uh, were at a we were at a meeting that is tied to a, a group called Chariots of Light, a motorcycle group, and they have all these nice motorcycles parked out front. Motorcycles to me, it's like eh, whatever. And I'm sorry if that bothers you, but. It's just not really not my thing. That, wouldn't, that doesn't really tempt me. You know, I'm not like drooling over the motorcycles. But the potential to having a motorcycle, people could be lusting after someone else's and, and, and have an idolatrous thought about someone else's motorcycle. They could have an envious thought. When God is God against motorcycles, motorcycles are a sin. We need to burn all motorcycles. Do you understand my point here? Anything can turn into an idol. Harley Davidson has done a good job of branding everything that they are and that they do to where people actually don't feel like they are who they're supposed to be unless they're wearing a Harley hat, a Harley shirt, a Harley pants, a Harley vest, a Harley, and then they put on all the Harley jewelry and they get on their Harley and turn on their Harley and they can't hear anything because once that thing's on, <laughs> they have to have a kidney belt. Am I right on that? It's called a kidney belt, right? I mean, if you're riding, never mind, I'm not going to even go there. If you have to stabilize your kidneys. Okay, I can't go there. I'm not going to. I just, it's just in my, okay, it's on my own head. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Okay, so, but it can become an idol. Fishing can become an idol. How many think Jesus was okay with fishing? Yeah. Yeah. Anything can become an idol. We have, that's the nature of our flesh. Well, this is, I'm a cowboy. Obviously, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't even, I'm not. But, or I'm a this. I'm a Broncos fan. I don't know why you'd want to be, but I am. <laughs> we'll get you good and wound up before we... <laughs> But see, it's okay to, to like those things. There's nothing wrong with it. They just can't, your flesh will want to make them an idol. Where all you talk about, all you think about, everything is that. And the Lord's where? Well, I get, I'm going to get to heaven one day. See, that's not what's, we're supposed to walk in the Spirit. And I am not telling you the Holy Spirit will not let you own a Harley. Will not, the, the, God will give you a Harley if that's what you want. It just can't take His place. Hey, come on. Preach, right? <laughs> Sorcery is witchcraft. Notice that it isn't put in the devil category. It's put in the flesh category. You like that? People say, oh, no, I don't, I don't know that. that that's all demonic. It's a, it's a desire of the flesh. It ties witchcraft, sorcery, dark things uh, demon worship, all those, they always have a strong tie to fleshly things. Sexual perversions, shedding of innocent blood, 
all of these things. And people say, well, that's not around today. <laughs> oh, man. You need to watch some documentaries on Hollywood. Well, I can't remember the lady's name. I, I saw something on her a while back. She's a Hollywood chef, but she's also a demon worshiper. She worships the devil. They actually bake cakes in body form. And what's her name? Mar no, it's not Martha Stewart. <laughs> Sorry, Martha. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Martha Stewart. <laughs> All right. This lady, I can't, I mean, Netflix has done stuff. I don't have Netflix, but they've done, like, shows on her. She had a show on there. She, there are pictures with this lady on uh, Google. It's groups of actors and actresses, and they're eating at a table, and there's, a, like, a cake laid out, and it's a human body, and it's one of the actors. The cake, everything, the faces, everything, and they're eating this cake. You realize it's Satan worship. They're taking into themselves... This person. They're saying we are becoming one. Come on, you got to listen to your, uh, your, uh, listen to what, uh, pay attention to what your kids are listening to. You know, there's these famous singers like uh, 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 Billy, uh, what's, her, what's her last name? Eilish, English, Spanish. All right. Anyway, Eilish, I think is her name. Billy Eilish. I, I looked up recently, I, when I was going over some of this stuff, I looked up uh, most popular song lyrics. You should look up Billie Eilish's song. It talks about her Lucifer. So if, you're, if your children are listening to this person, they're hearing about love for Lucifer. God is referred to as a female. God is also referred to in this song that one day he will give up on his and join forces with Lucifer. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I don't think so. I read the end of the book. But it ain't looking like that. Or uh, what's her name? Uh, is her name uh, uh, Beyonce? A lot of these singers will talk about channeling a dead singer before they go to their concert and perform. <laughs> you guys, some of you are like, really? Yeah. And kids are listening to this. I'm talking about kids in church. Maybe not ours, but in some. Do you know, uh, what's the young uh, African-American gentleman who just, he's real popular right now. Uh, he's 18 or 19 years old. Anyway, I can't remember. In one of his videos, he is... He's promoting homosexuality, but he's giving Satan a lap dance. I know this stuff is disgusting, I know, but sometimes you come across this stuff when you're studying this stuff out. Anyway, not only that, in one of his concerts, it actually says, uh, it flashes on the screen behind him, hail Satan, real quick, and then it's gone. Guys, I will just put it to you like this. Those, and I'm not saying we should hate those people. They need Jesus. Obviously, they're deceived. But here's the thing. We need to realize the enemy is operating all around us. Our politicians are involved in things that they shouldn't be. There are statues of Satan in, in uh, states and cities that are allowed to be put because of... There are Satanists that have op done the opening prayer 
for uh, congressional things. In, because freedom of religion, you know, they turned it into freedom of religion. Do you see that? So we need to be aware of that. You say, what are you saying with this? Sorcery, witchcraft, it's a deed of the flesh. And usually witchcraft has always re revolved around the use of drugs and has the evidence, has evidence by the origin of this word. To, and the origin of the word as far as witchcraft or sorcery is pharmakeia. It's where we get our word pharmacy. Okay? And I'm not saying all medicine is bad, so don't... I know that's been turned into that at times. To us in our modern day world, the word conjures up images of old, an old woman in a long black gown and a tall hat flying through the air on a broomstick. True witchcraft is no joking matter. It is not to be confused with innocent child's play. It is a multi-probably billion dollar business involving not only spiritists and the occult, but also a thriving drug culture, and it destroys people's lives. So, in other words, if you hear, yeah, we're going over to so-and-so's house from your kids, and you find out there was a Ouija board there, you need to talk to your child about it. People say, oh, no, no, that stuff's not real. Oh, it is very, very, very real. And it's not from heaven. So children of God should have no participation in it. Amen? Lastly, hatred. This is a deed of the flesh. Hatred is de defined as personal hostility towards someone else. So people say, well, I don't identify with all this other stuff. I don't identify with all the other stuff you, you said. Well, in the next couple of this at the end here and then in the next week, you'll, you'll identify with some things if you stick with it. Hatred is defined as personal hostility towards someone else. Like lust, it is a mental sin. A person can be smiling and cheerful on the outside and seething with internal hatred. Sooner or later, that emotion will find expression through words or deeds or by destroying the mind and body of the one who harbors it inside. Like all mental sins, hatred is a cancer. It harms the one it inhabits far more than the one whom it is directed. That's why Christians are warned to put away all anger, wrath, and malice, Colossians 3.8. It's for our own good. Hatred is uh, defined as bitter dislike, abhorrence, malice, and ill will against anyone. I just don't like that person. You got to be careful. You got to get on top of those things and go, no, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen? This doesn't mean we don't address things that are contrary to truth, but we do it through love. Amen? We do it through love. So we want to guard ourselves against these because what do we know? If we're led by the Holy Spirit, now listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. You, you probably have somebody in your life who is doing something or living a way that you don't appreciate or doing things that you don't appreciate. And this is what you need to realize. You can hate the action without hating the person. Amen? Do you think God is like giddy? You know, he's like looking down, looking at all the sin going, oh, it's okay. <laughs> Whatever. No, no. He hates what sin does to people. The reason why he gives us these warnings in the scripture concerning the deeds of the flesh is because what it produces in the believer's life. If you sow to the flesh, you reap from the flesh destruction. That doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. You are. It affects your mind. 
and it affects your natural body. What it does in the spirit is when we yield to the flesh, if, think about it like this. If the devil's giving you thoughts or, or presenting and, and tempting you with thoughts that follow the desires of the flesh, why? It's because those desires of the flesh, when acted upon in the spirit, actually open a door for the devil to come in and play. Does that make sense? So I want you to, sometimes people think spiritual things are like, oh, how could you comprehend it? It's that simple. If you yield to those desires of the flesh that are tempted through the mind and then through the nature of the flesh, and when you, I'm not talking about a thought came. I'm talking about you meditated and acted on that thought. What actually happens is a door opens and you let the devil in. And God didn't do it. So what do you need to do? Repent. Devil, you're not allowed here in the name of Jesus. Shut the door behind him. Don't tell him, shut the door on the way out. You shut the door. He's a liar. He'll turn around and look at you and go, okay, I'll shut the door. I'll lock it. No, he won't. He's a liar. Make sure you put your boot... And say, let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.